Hello, I'm Janelle Penny, Editor-in-Chief of Buildings Magazine, and I'd like to introduce you to Colin Rolfing, Director of Sustainable Development for HDR, who has recently joined the Buildings Advisory Board. Colin, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hi, everybody. So, Colin, what are some best practices or some lessons that grew out of 2020 for you? Uh, lessons that grew out of 2020, while we all understand that it was a very difficult year for all of us, um, but, you know, out of um, disaster and conflict, we should always come out with some uh, opportunities. And I think that some of the biggest opportunities, um, at least in the, the building sector, uh, is a hyper-focus on health and wellness of individuals. And this has been a, a growing um, topic in the industry for quite some time. And I think now that uh, people, you know, unfortunately something bad has to happen for us to really get hyper-focused on something. And now that we are, we're talking about um, all types of strategies and design solutions that uh, really hone in on human health and wellness and how to quantify those benefits within our spaces. And so, um, you know, the hope is that through disasters like this and hard times, we can come out on the other end with uh, better design solutions, which I think we, we're working towards and have those solutions in the coming years when people go back to work. Um, you know, I also think that, uh, uh, you know, given the changing uh, administration and giving uh, a shift to um, kind of a focus on the impacts of greenhouse gas emissions on the planet and what we saw happen with restoration, regeneration during the pandemic, we realized that we, we were having an impact and we have 10 years left. And so I, I've seen, a again, another hyper-focus on uh, reducing operational and body carbon on projects in hopes of getting to net positive and even regenerative territory. So I think I think the, the future looks bright for the billionaire industry uh, once we just get past this little bump in the road, right? Interesting. So who would you say are the most important mentors or colleagues in your life and how would you say they've shaped your career? Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I, I've been very fortunate to work uh, with some very talented people within uh, my past firms and outside of my past firms. I, I spent 12 years at HOK and in the past five years at HTR and I've had some, you know, design principles that have, you know, come come work with me at both those locations that I just really admire. Um, I think that uh, there's a kind of a, a key group of individuals within, within HDR that are really pushing the regenerative design narrative. Uh, and there are specific design principles within their own offices. And I, I actually applaud them um, a lot more than maybe kind of some of the overarching figures within the industry, right? You know, the, the big thought leaders in the industry because I see them every day and we're pounding the pavement and we're fighting the good fight um, and we're trying to incorporate these things, uh, whether the RFP says it or the client says it or not, and we're really making some good strides. And they're an inspiration to me um, because I see them do it day in and day out. And if I had to name them by name, uh, you know, it'd be Tom Knittle, uh, Kate, Kate Diamond and Duncan Griffin, a few of my uh, really close colleagues that are pushing the concepts of regenerative design on projects uh, day in and day out. Um, you know, I've had the, the pleasure of working with people like Jason McLennan, the founder of the Living Building Challenge on some projects, some collaborations we did. 
and he did with HDR. And uh, it's a real inspiration to see what, what he's capable of. Um, you know, but, you know he, that, that's what he does every day. Uh, he only goes after projects that are regenerative and, and that's great. Um, we, have to, we have to fight for it in every project and that takes some, some grit. And so I really uh, applaud my colleagues who do fight that fight with me. Awesome. What do you think 2021 holds for building owners and managers? I think you're going to have a lot of um, a variety depending on where you're located uh, within um, the country, within the world. Um, there will be more stringent requirements for health and safety uh, in some cities and, and less stringent requirements in other cities. Uh, but I think if we had to go to the extremes and talk about locations where people are very interested in, in health and safety, um, you're going to see uh, new workplace solutions. You're going to see retrofit options for building systems. Um, you're going to look at advanced filtration mechanisms, um, you know, maybe even retrofits to add additional filtration. Um, workplace solutions, you know, we, we, we've been going to smaller and smaller workspace allocation for the past 10, 15 years. We might see a slight increase in workspace allocation to keep appropriate distance and better technology for controls uh, and scheduling of, you know, people in collaboration spaces. Um, so does that mean that square footage is going to get larger uh, potentially? But then again, people might be able to work from home. Uh, companies like Twitter have allowed people to stay home indefinitely, right? Uh, certain companies will go back, certain companies won't. So uh, it's a it's a big unknown right now to a lot of the brokers I'm talking to in the real estate space is, do you need more space when you come back? Or are some people going to be working from home and you need less space? Or are you coming back at all? Um, I think we have to prepare for all of those scenarios. Uh, but at the end of the day, there, it's, there are going to be new workplace uh, design solutions that in realities we have to deal with. On a similar note, what industry trends are you predicting over the next few years, so beyond 2021, and how do you think those will shape the industry? You know, I, I may be a bit biased here, but, um, you know, I, I do see the, um, the writing on the wall uh, when it comes to client requests. Uh, we have a lot of cities, municipalities, higher education institutions, uh, healthcare organizations, all asking for decarbonization plans. And um, they're not going to achieve them this year. They're not going to achieve them by 2025, but they are looking at 2030, 2040, 2050. And so you're going to see a major shift in all of these organiza organizations and how they, how they deal with decarbonization. Uh, we'll be looking at electrification, so movement away from natural gas into fully electric buildings so we can offset uh, the elements, and that'll take time. There's a lot of infrastructure that needs to happen to replace that uh, existing infrastructure. Um, we will see a shift uh, in uh, building technologies um, uh, that, you know, hone in on a reduction of carbon, and so uh, once that happens, we'll realize that the embodied carbon of buildings is actually much greater over the life cycle uh, than the operational carbon if we're getting these new levels of efficiency. Uh, so decarbonization is gonna mean different building materials. We're gonna be looking at mass timber. We're looking at um, rapid renewable elements for insulation and reduction of body carbon and glazing elements and interior finishes. Um, I think the, the carbon game, the net positive carbon game is gonna be uh, 
tip of everyone's mind for the next 10 years, because quite honestly, we only have 10 years left until we hit irreversible tipping points for climate change. Um, so that's a hyper-focus. I, I mentioned you know, health and wellness design earlier, uh, but a lot of things we do to improve efficiencies in, you know, the efficiencies of buildings can also positively impact health and wellness. So those two things have to be evaluated and go hand in hand for any payback assumptions. Um, so I think that, you know, uh, that the writing's on the wall. I, I think that, you know, um, as a sustainable leader, I'm no longer just, you know, trying to put on all projects. We're being told by clients that we have to do this. Um, so that's great to see. Great. What's next for you and what's next for HDR? Uh, we just had, just had a very detailed meeting about uh, uh, how we're going to get all of our strategic tools and, and, and thinking out there for people to utilize and to share. Um, we have uh, a few things going on, a few different frameworks and tools that we want to really um, not only get onto our projects, uh, but get out there for the industry and for um, future designers to utilize. Uh, one is our regenerative design framework. Uh, it's an online tool that allows people to select a project location, uh, pick an ecological baseline for it, understand a lot of information about climate in place, uh, and try to then establish regenerative targets for that project for carbon, air, water, nutrients, community, and health. Uh, all net positive impacts for 30 different key performance indicators. Um, and I think it's the new way we're going to benchmark all of our projects to see if um, they can achieve regenerative targets or how far away they are from regenerative targets for us to learn and do better in the next project. Now, as a part of that, social equity is, is, plays a huge role in regeneration. We have to be able to uh, heal and you know, regenerate some aspects of, of uh, society. And we are creating a social equity toolkit that allows us to understand uh, community issues, um, to try to address community issues and then disadvantage communities um, within our projects if we're able to, and make that part of the design discussion, right? Um, you know, I, I think that we have seen a lot of racial disparity and unrest in the past few years. And, you know, we as designers have to address those community issues within our designs. You know, we are not, we don't just make pretty buildings, we help build and repair communities. And it's incumbent upon us to, um, you know, really take these issues to heart and incorporate them into our design. And then finally, you know, the, another tool, a lot of tools, uh, the health and wellness tool. It's a three-dimensional, um, tool that analyzes building physics and certain elements of health and wellness in the space, acoustics, daylight, glare, um, comfort, uh, biophilic elements, uh, and gives you kind of a score of your space. And so we're trying to use these deep analytics in health and wellness, regenerative design, and social equity to drive early design decisions. Uh, these are tools that are used day one in the design process. And so we're hoping to make that part of our standard process and eventually get these tools out there for people to use uh, for whatever they're doing. So um, lots of tools <laughs> in those three topics. Definitely. Last question, who or what is your favorite social media account to follow? Oh, this is completely off topic. Um, I, <laughs> in order to distract myself from all the uh, very heavy 
uh, but important engagements that we're taking in design with regards to climate change, social equity, and health and wellness. It's, it can become overwhelming sometimes. Um, so I have a side hobby. I'm, a, I'm an avid whiskey collector. Um, so I kind of hunt for bourbon and scotch and uh, collect different bourbon and scotch. And so I follow quite a few uh, bourbon and scotch social media uh, feeds and just figure out, you know, what's new and exciting out there and where you can find it and go hunting for it um, and different tasting profiles. So uh, probably not the cool parametric architecture and sustainable design social media uh, expert I'm supposed to be following, but, you know, we all need our uh, to live our lives as well, too, and keep that aspect of uh, mental health alive. Absolutely. Well, Colin, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to be a part of uh, the advisory board and looking forward to um, bringing some of these conversations uh, to your readers and subscribers and opening dialogue for them because we know it's all important. Thanks to all of you for listening too. We'll see you next time.